Hello, folks. This is Chris Lackey, and I'm just reminding you that this is the free show of the month for Rachel Watcher Star Trek. If you want more of this great, amazing podcast, please head on over to our Patreon page where you can get three extra episodes. And at the higher levels, you can get the comment show and bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash Rachel Watcher Star Trek for all of your Rachel Watcher Star Trek needs. Now, on with the show. So, Rachel. Yeah. The holodeck fantasy life of a highly insecure crewman aboard the USS Enterprise interferes with his ability to deal with malfunctions that threaten the ship. Mm. What do you think you're going to get? We'll be looking at gaming addiction, I guess, or the fear of being influenced by gaming. Mm. He'll be spending all his free time in there playing as captain, and then he's unable to take orders and work as a team in real life, let's say. Mm. Let's see. <laughs> Star Trek. I don't want any trouble here, Barkley. Trouble? Why would there be trouble? Because wherever you go, trouble follows. Lieutenant Barkley, you're on duty. Is that a fact? It is, and you'll observe it. So get back to your post. Look, pal, why don't you do me a favor? Take yourself and your holier-than-thou attitude, and get out of my life. This is insubordination, Mr. Barkley. Here's to insubordination. Oh my goodness, he's not making a good first impression at all. <laughs> Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I am Chris Lackey, and we are at rachelwatchesstartrek.com. And of course, on Patreon, this episode is called Hollow Pursuits, and it is a good one. I, well, I'm not revealing anything. Oh, oh holding it close <laughs> to the vest. I appreciate this. You may be listening to this because it's our free episode of the month. Hope you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, why not join us on Patreon where you can have four episodes a month oh my gosh and comment show and bonus content and bonus content this a bevy a beverly a beverly <laughs> of exciting of exciting things thank you patrons for making the show possible now i'd heard of this barclay character but i couldn't remember whether i was supposed to like him or not so <laughs> open mind this episode was first aired on in april of 1990 written by sally caves directed by cliff bowl sally also co-wrote with iris stephen bear for the story of the Deep Space Nine season one episode, Babel. She is a professor of English at the University of Rochester in New York and holds a PhD in medieval languages mm. and literature. Including Welsh. That's so exciting. I didn't even know there was an ancient Welsh. Of course there is. Of course there is. She teaches medieval literature, cultural studies, science fiction, and creative writing. One of her students, a trekker, knew an agent, and she sent her this story to them and heard back within a week. Mm. And then they said, now completely rewrite it. <laughs> yeah. You watched a video, uh, an interview with her. I did, and we're going to say a little bit about that later, okay. but we'll link to it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. She comes across very well. Yeah. So let's dive in. We've got a new crew member, Lieutenant Reginald Barclay, Reg. Before watching this, I thought, ah, here's what's going to become a regular character mm -hmm. because I'd heard of him. Mm -hmm. The episode starts in 10 forward with Barclay being a real jagweed. <laughs> Drinking whiskey and beating up his superior officers. 
Also, Troy's wandering around wearing a beautiful new dark blue dress. Mm-hmm. With a slight push, he sends LaForge crashing to the floor, barely able to get back up again. And he easily gets Riker in a headlock before leaving him slumped over the bar. And I was thinking, as if! <laughs> What's happened to Star Trek? <laughs> then Troy comes over to swoon about his confidence. And they're just about to kiss when, twist! And thank goodness for that, we find out this is the holodeck and Barclay is late for work. Yes. Lieutenant Reginald Barkley is played by Dwight Schultz, a longtime Star Trek fan, and he was recommended to the producers by Whoopi Goldberg. She's a touch of gold, that lady. She sure is, because they worked together on a movie called The Long Walk Home, which was being filmed around this time. He got a start off in theater, but he moved to TV where everybody knows he Set is. Me. You didn't know? <laughs> I can't remember. He's Howling Mad Murdoch from A Team. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Everything was overshadowed by Mr. T for me. That's that's all I see. (laughs) I'm not going to fly on that plane. Have some milk. Okay. (laughs) Don't you give me no jibber jabber. (laughs) Every episode. (laughs) And now he does a lot of voiceover work in cartoons for video games, stuff like that. Yeah. For video games. Oh, full circle. Oh, oh, there's a lot of... Holodiction. Oh, Mm. look at that. In Cargo Bay 5, they're beaming in some containers and one has breached, causing gas to spill out. So dangerous. Really terrible containers. <laughs> Barkley is late again and LaForge and the gang marvel at how he was able to make it through the academy, never buying serve on the Enterprise. And that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Riker let slip the hilarious nickname Broccoli that's been kicking around, started by Wes. Barkley arrives and his arrogance has been replaced by a nervous, faltering manner. So anxious. Yeah. Really socially awkward. LaForge can barely contain his anger and irritation. And Riker gives Barkley a stern warning. Mm. We've got a real toxic work environment going on here. Somebody needs to intervene because nobody's being their best self. No. Yeah, I remember thinking that in this episode, Riker and LaForge were real D-bags. Yeah, they did lay it on a bit thick, actually, for those characters. Yeah, but it's really just in the beginning. I wonder how long Barkley's been there to have created such an extreme reaction in LaForge and Riker. Yeah. It can't be his first week. No. Unless he's terrible. No. He works on the anti-grav platform, Concepts. Isn't mm. that the first time we've seen it? No. First time they've pointed it out a lot. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Which is faulty, and he screws that up, too. Well, we find out later he didn't screw it yeah. up. Because he has this very nervous quality about him, which makes him seem really guilty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, Picard has never seen a crew member with a bad report, so he's totally, his little booties have been shot off his feet. <laughs> LaForge is keen to have him transferred, and he came with a good reference, but oh, the yeah. previous captain might have been trying to get rid of him. Yeah, that old know? chestnut. Uh-huh. Yeah, this person's great. Oh, Please, take him off our hands. So LaForge lets the nickname slip, which really annoys me that they call him broccoli like that's a bad thing that guy's more like a piece of broccoli like what <laughs> so childish. what kind of insult is that yeah, i don't exactly. get it i mean broccoli i think is a delicious vegetable so it's a compliment well, yeah, really of course. and of course picard does not dig the nickname so he says orders are nobody uses the nickname even privately because we yeah. don't it's not cool well, i'm glad somebody's being an adult about it picard says in in the reports that barclay's got seclusive tendencies i presume that means introverted They're only more recently adapting work and study to be more accessible to introverted people. Mm -hmm. And in the 80s, I I expect it was pretty tough to get along if you were socially anxious or preferred or worked better alone or needed to recharge a lot Mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. I work with a lot of clients with social anxiety. 
Oh. It's a huge thing. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it and is. some people have benefited from the pandemic and being able to work from home. And for some people, it's made it more difficult to get back out into the world. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Got out of practice. Yeah. Yeah. And we have this. It's easy to transfer a problem to someone else. Too easy. Captain, it's not like I haven't tried. Try harder, Geordie. He's a member of your team. Try to find some way to help him to make a positive contribution. Get to know the man better. Make him your best friend. With all due respect, sir, my best friend. I can barely tolerate being in the same room with a man. Now, I suggest you put your personal discomfort on one side, Commander. Dismissed. Yay, good old Picard. Shutting it down. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's fun to join in a bit of a bitch, isn't it? But it takes a good person to say, we're not doing that. Yeah. He's such a defender of all his crew, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he'd go to a ceremony for Barclay and stand, <laughs> stand alongside him to a trial or whatever? Yes. I suppose it brings up the question, in a crew where everyone is family, what if someone doesn't fit in? Mm. And that's, I guess, one of the first times that this has been raised. Worf is a Klingon, yeah. but generally he's oh, part yeah. of the gang, he's oh, part right. of the family. Yeah. Data's different, but Data's he's very much different. embraced. Oh, yeah. So this is someone unlikable as far as they're concerned yeah. so far. It's, Inconvenient. It's very interesting because his insecurity makes makes me feel uncomfortable yeah. as opposed to like data who doesn't have any emotions i get what they're trying to communicate and i think it's really interesting yeah that's a really good point data's unemotional Worf is relatively unemotional he tries <laughs> to keep it under wraps unless it's kind of simmering aggression uh-huh. i think it is very difficult for a lot of people to be around anxious people mm. which doesn't help them of course of course not it, it's a <laughs> feedback loop yeah but if you've got a proclivity to be anxious yourself like i do and you're a sponge it's yeah. tough and I think Gene Roddenberry was kind of pushing the idea that there has to be a place in this ideal future for people who are different. Oh, yeah. LaForge gives himself a kick up the bum, thankfully, and tries <laughs> a new approach with Barclay. He goes to the other extreme of putting no pressure on Barclay at all. Take all the time you need. Mm-hmm. It's fine. He invites him to the senior staff meeting to build him up a bit. Barclay looks flustered but pleased to be invited. Of course, he's then late. Yeah. LaForge, Duffy, Costa, Wesley, Myers are all there. LaForge tries to set Barkley up to present his preliminary report on the anti-gravity failure, Mm -hmm. but his mind goes blank and he keeps getting shut down and talked over by others. Uh, I bet plenty of introverted people can relate to that, especially in Zoom meetings. Oh, yeah. Somebody warm-heartedly trying to say, so-and-so knows a lot about this subject, and then Mm -hmm. suddenly you've got the floor and like, oh, forgotten everything. Then we see a counselling session. It's happening. Barclay's confident again now as he speaks with Troy. She tells him he's getting too upset, which rankled me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't just tell people how to feel. But it's okay because she then kisses him to calm down. And it's just the holodeck again. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) He shifts the scene to a forest with Troy and a toga being alluring as the goddess of empathy. (laughs) (laughs) They kiss and he really eats her lips off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gets... Oh, I didn't there. <laughs> you're, you're getting in there. Yeah. I remember the actress Elizabeth Banks talking about how she, when she's in movies and she has to kiss people that she just goes for it. <laughs> she thinks it's funny slash hot, depending on the person that she's with. Right. And also she's married. So she's like, this is the only time I can ever, you know, I get licensed to Permission. snog. And 10 forward, the engineering staff is talking about Barkley again. Data helps them to see that 
using broccoli is wrong. Yeah, Wesley's like, it's a joke, Data. Yeah. It's not. Why do people keep telling Data that things are jokes? That's not a joke. Suddenly, Duffy discovers his glass is leaking, and the structure seems to have twisted. It almost looks like uh, his hand, his fingers melted the plastic of the cup. it's a cool effect. Data later determines that the atomic structure has been altered, struck with electricity somehow, which means a complete workup of the power systems, all 4,000 of them, needs to be done. Uh, Barkley is assigned to the project, and he suggests that there might be a problem that links this with the anti-gravity unit. Of course, he's struggling to communicate with them, but he's starting to be useful. Good. On the bridge, Data champions Barkley by saying he made that connection. Barkley's awkward as he talks to Picard about it in more detail, and Picard calls him Mr. Broccoli by mistake, and then looks so angry with himself about it. <laughs> LaForge talks to Guinan about Barkley. She says he's just an imaginative guy who drinks his warm milk on his own. His warm milk. His warm milk. <laughs> I can't just let him be like you can, says LaForge. I have to work with the guy, and he just doesn't fit in. And we get this. Reminds me of Turkum. My mother's brother, sort of the family misfit. Everybody told me to stay away from him. Bad influence. Did you? Are you kidding? He's the only member of my family who had a sense of humor. Except no one ever stayed around him long enough to realize it but me. My mother tells me I remind her of him, and I probably do. The idea of fitting in just repels me. Maybe I'm not making myself clear, Guinan. Barkley, he's always late. The man's nervous. Nobody wants to be around this guy. If I felt that nobody wanted to be around me, I'd probably be late and nervous too. Guinan, that's not the point. Are you sure? Good old Guinan. I wonder how Guinan knows how imaginative Barkley is. She gives a little indication that she's... (laughs) Found out more than he knows. She knows. Yeah. Is, she, is she reading his mind? Communicating with the ship's computer about oh, the holodeck yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe she just intuitively, because she's very ancient, when she mm-hmm. sees people like this, she knows that they're also very creative. Okay. That it's a stereotype. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. LaForge walks in on Barclay's holodeck fantasy and finds Dr. Crusher and Wesley in 17th century clothing. <laughs> and she's on a swing. Yay. <laughs> and Hollow West is just, he's eating pie. Yeah, a whole pie. A whole pie. With his hands, I think. Yeah. What the F? <laughs> yeah. What's going on Every with that? Every time we see him, too. He's yeah. going to come back and he's still eating that pie. His appearance was based on a painting by Thomas Gainsborough called The Blue Boy. Oh. No idea if there's a pie in this painting. Is there a pie in We the should pain? probably have a look, shouldn't we? I got I to gotta have a look. This just in. Beautiful painting. Oh, of course. Beautiful light on that velvet. No pie. Zero pies. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, though. I love it. I love the choice. Barkley is fencing against LaForge, Picard, and Data. I guess they just didn't have time to teach Will how to fence. (laughs) (laughs) Or something. Because he wasn't allowed on set that much. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was trying to communicate that Barkley sees him as a spoiled brat. Of course, these guys are all dressed up like musketeers, and they're speaking in posh. I got air quotes here. English (laughs) accents. Yeah. When they should be French. (laughs) 
Of course, then Barclay sees LaForge is watching. Back in 10 forward, Barclay sits with LaForge and offers to be transferred. How embarrassing to have been found out. LaForge says, what you do in there is your business, but (laughs) I will come in whenever I want (laughs) and have a look. (laughs) Well, I mean, if he was expected to be on duty and he's in there... I mean, yeah, he could be yeah. court-martialed to things like this or, yeah. or reprimanded or, you know, so. Surely you can't turn off your comm badge when you're in there. You mm. should be able to be called out when mm-hmm. needed. Yeah. Mm, what's going on with that? But he says it's a bit weird that you're making versions of people you know. And we get this. I needed to blow off some steam because one, one, uh, one of the officers had been getting on my back. And let me guess. <laughs> it was you. And I I just couldn't tell you what I wanted to tell you to your face. So it just sort of got out of control. I don't know. There's a a part of this that's kind of therapeutic. Maybe you ought to talk to Counselor Troy about it. It, It's, it's, I'm, when I'm in there, I'm just more comfortable. You, You don't know what a struggle this has been for me, Commander. Well, I'd like to help if I can. Being afraid all of the time of forgetting somebody's name not not knowing what to do with your hands i mean i i am the guy who writes down things to remember to say when there's a party and then when he finally gets there he winds up alone in the corner trying to look comfortable examining a potted plant you're just shy barkley just shy Sounds like nothing serious, doesn't it? Hmm. That's a good, I enjoyed that, that section. Yeah, that felt pretty good. It felt real, didn't it? Yeah. Because, mm. you know, people with anxiety, and especially social anxiety, you can't just dismiss it as being shy. Yeah. Like, get over it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go and talk to someone. Yeah, it's that easy. Yeah. It's very insightful, and I appreciate that, especially in 1990. Yeah, and I like that he stands up to Geordie a bit there and says there's been somebody on my back making me feel worse. Yep, you. LaForge orders him to see Troy and names it as hollow addiction. Yay, prescribed (laughs) counselling. It shouldn't be forced on him, but it has come to that, I think. The Who defines and identifies gaming addiction as a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behaviour manifested by, one, impaired control over gaming, which I think means when you game and when you don't game, not actually the controller. Yes, yes. (laughs) Two, increasing priority given to gaming. Obviously, that becomes the thing that you're focused on and everything else falls to the wayside. And three, continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. Mm. So obviously- Such as with gambling addiction, say, or other addictions. Sure, yeah, like that you're playing your game and you're not doing your work and you lose your job or relationships are deteriorating or you don't eat you're pooping your pants there's some i think there was some guy in china or korea that died yeah starvation basically because so immersed in it risk factors for developing a gaming addiction whereas many people most can play games and enjoy them yeah yeah. include low self-esteem a feeling of having been neglected anxiety being male Depression, loneliness, authoritarian parenting, social anxiety, lack of empathy, and isolation. That's from UKRehab.com. And I can imagine that uh, Barclay has quite a lot of those difficulties. So feeling accepted by a gaming community can be so 
can be so alluring sure. for someone if they don't feel accepted in the outside world. Playing a character that's more powerful than the self, mm -hmm. creating worlds, fighting, etc. And then some games are designed with the next goal just out of reach, like gambling. So right. keeps you playing just a little bit more, a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. Do you think hollow programs would be like that though? They would be designed by the computer in collaboration with the person. They wouldn't be designed so that they were kept playing, were they? No. Well, I mean, a, any type of game could be designed in a holodeck, but they don't mm. really go into that in the show. Yeah, There's, they're more experiences than games. Yeah. I thought, except for, say, the detective story that Picard did. Right, yeah. But there's no, it doesn't seem to be any, like, leveling or rewards. Yeah. There is a later episode of Star Trek where they do deal with gaming specifically and mm. addiction and kind of take it to the nth degree. It's a disorder in the reward center of the brain involving the release of dopamine, driving the impulse to repeat the behavior and then becoming more tolerant to higher levels of dopamine sure. and needing more mm -hmm. and then inducing cravings if you don't game. We better move on. We could go on forever on oh, this and it will come up again. Yeah, yeah. Now, O'Brien shows LaForge a major problem in transporter room three. He's testing the transporter on some canisters and it's breaking and burning them. Well done, O'Brien, for testing. I think a lesser episode would have had someone needing to beam back urgently at this point. But all we need to know is that more and more seemingly unconnected problems are popping up and they're big ones. Mm -hmm. Riker orders LaForge to summon Barkley to the bridge, but LaForge asks for a delay. He has Barkley working on something. The something is that Barkley is about to have his first counseling session. Nice work, LaForge. Oh, yeah. Protected his time and his confidentiality. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Barkley's nervous, of course, and Troy names that it can be intimidating to mm -hmm. start counseling yeah. and offers to help calm him. So I always ask people when they come for their first assessment how they're feeling about being there and how they've how their mind has worked on the build up to being there. Sure. What I don't do is come and sit next to them, <laughs> put my hand on their arm, ask them to lean back, turn the lights down. <laughs> I started to think, is he in the holodeck again? She's yeah. been so alluring. Yeah. But I think it is hard for Certis to do anything non-sexually. <laughs> That's just her vibe, isn't it? Yeah, but she, she isn't technically doing anything sexual. No, and I think no, it's, it's in the framing of it. As she in, doesn't know that she's right. represented that way in his fantasy exactly. already. Exactly, yeah. She gets him to breathe in through his nose, out through his mouth. He just jumps up cured. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> and dashes out, in through the nose, out through the mouth. <laughs> you know, it works. I guess he was overwhelmed by the intimacy of it. Yeah. She was so close to him suddenly and trying to get him to slow down and be with himself. Mm, and yeah. that was too much yeah. for one day. And of course, he's had these fantasies about her so for him it, some guilt is in there as well mm -hmm. or yeah. just some confusion about the situation and feelings and yeah and it was weird because on the day we watched this i'd had an anxiety dream that morning that a client had left a session suddenly <laughs> and i didn't know you know if i'd done anything wrong or uh, right. what happened to them troy rushes off to break confidentiality as soon as she can <laughs> of course telling laforge what happened <laughs> they call for barclay no answer i don't know what's going on with his com badge they don't quite address that do they no. so he's off to the holodeck again for laforge this time with Riker and troy they find the musketeers relaxing Riker is not having it and he says what we're all thinking this is a violation of protocol. Crew members should not be simulated in the holodeck. Commander, I, I don't think there's any regulation against... Well, there ought to be. Yes, there ought to be. <laughs> How much does one own their likeness? Mm. You can make a 3D model and model it to look just like a famous person. Yeah. 
and then make pornography or something with that. Yeah. You're if an you actress. move their eyes slightly further apart, so yeah. then now it's not them. Is that okay? Yeah. And what? But, how much variance does it need to be to not be that person? Yeah. And obviously, I I don't think I would want people to make pornography with me. We talked about this with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he, he was, did. He was into it. <laughs> yeah. Because I really wouldn't be bothered if I found out that there was this whole social group of people that were into Chris Lackey pornography. Huh? Yeah, but then what <laughs> if they were doing aggressive acts on you? or yeah. making me do violent things. Yeah. yeah, I could see that as being unsettling violation. and violation. So what if it, they yeah. made my eyes slightly further apart or my mouth slightly yeah. thinner? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's tricky. And in this case, the computer has records of everybody on the crew. So the computer's complicit in creating this yeah. replica. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Surely not. Uh, no answers. I would be, I'm curious what listeners think about this. Uh, Riker tries to erase the program, but Troy belays the order. <laughs> I didn't know she had that authority. I didn't, yeah. Troy suggests that to destroy Barclay's only means of escape from reality suddenly could cause serious harm. And that's good. Mm -hmm. Musketeer Picard challenges them to a fight, and they summon another musketeer, Riker, who's short and squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the Troy maneuver. Of course, she's yeah. stifling a laugh. <laughs> Riker erases little Riker, and they head to find Barclay. There's nothing wrong with a healthy fantasy life as long as you don't let it take over, says Troy. But then she sees Goddess of Empathy, and she's not laughing anymore, but the guy's on. Uh. They find Barclay asleep in Bev's lap, and then they get him out of there. He's very embarrassed, and he fell asleep after working back-to-back -back shifts. When they're alone, LaForge confesses to Barclay that he was actually in love on the holodeck once. Yeah, Leah Brahms. That's right, yeah. Bit of continuity. But he knew when to turn it off. Barclay confides that the people that he creates in the holodeck are more real to him than those that he meets in real life. <laughs> Except maybe LaForge. LaForge says, I need you in the real world, so be present. He gives him an encouraging pat on the shoulder. Nice. Yeah. Barclay suggests dropping out of warp to cure the non-responsive diagnostic systems, but the injectors are physically jammed. Then the ship accelerates right up to warp nine and counting. They've only got 16 minutes until total collapse of the ship. Mm -hmm. Eek. And they consider separating the saucer, but it's impossible due to the problems that they're having. Yeah. What a sweet way to take us into the final act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stakes couldn't be higher. LaForge calls for everyone's idea to be thrown down by the team. So everybody's in there, you know, pitching stuff. All the ideas have been tried until Barclay suggests, but maybe the connection isn't between things, but it might be us. Maybe someone picked up something like, I don't know, an untraceable substance and carried it with them around the ship. Sounds like Star Trek. It does. But then we get some top-notch collaboration between the team and the computer to narrow down the list of suspected reactants from 15,000 to only two. <laughs> that was very impressive. Shows the skill of the team together and especially Barclay and Wes. Now, this is when Technobabble and Star Trek works for me. Yeah, it made sense. Yeah, and it was progressing the plot forward. It was like a um, puzzle to solve. Yeah. Saltzgatum and Avidium are the only ones left. All the effective technologies were invented after both substances were phased out of use. That's cool. Barclay says the Mikolax, who gave the Enterprise the samples in the cargo bay, might still be using Invidium. And they broke the canisters. Mm. Whoa! It's all coming together. Classic Star Trek. LaForge and Barclay confirm it by having at the samples with their sparkly gloves really getting in there. <laughs> Let's hope this isn't dangerous. Barclay has the solution too. If it's cooled to minus 200 degrees Celsius, it'll become inert. Well done. Yeah. They use gaseous cryonetrium to be flooded through the antimatter injectors. Uh, we've got seconds to spare until everyone's toast. Eek. The matter and antimatter injectors respond, the warp engine shut down, and the Enterprise safely drops out of warp. They'll head to Starbase 121 
for a complete systems and bio decontamination. LaForge pats Barkley on the back. Yay! Good job. Well done. Reg. On the bridge, we end with this. It has been most difficult to reach this decision to leave you. But after thinking about it and discussing it at length with Counselor Troy, I think it's for the best. I just wanted to thank you all for your support. You'll always be welcome here, Reg. I know. That's why it's so difficult to leave. It was a pleasure to serve with you, Mr. Barclay. Good luck, Reg. It's been fun. Computer. End program. Erase all programs filed under Reginald Barclay. Psych! <laughs> so wait, did he actually leave the Enterprise then? No. No, okay. That was in the holodeck too. He was saying bye to the hollow versions of them. Oh. Oh. I think. Oh, I see. Okay, yes. He was saying goodbye to the hollow versions of yeah. them. That's what he was doing. Got it. Because, yeah. yeah, he's back on in another episode later. He's not frequent. Oh, okay. No, he doesn't show up like as much as, say, Gaiman or anything like that. But yeah, they've kind of done his arc already, haven't they? Yeah. Concepts. We have the holodeck as escapism, mm-hmm. blowing off steam, and creating a place of empowerment and fun. Place to be somebody. Yeah. You know, popular, powerful, have some fun without feeling completely socially demoralized. Yeah. We have losing time in the holodeck, causing him to be unreliable. And that perhaps is an allegory for gaming addiction or other forms of addiction. And of course, it caused LaForge and Riker to be off searching for him when the ship was in serious danger. Yeah. And we weren't sure why his combadge wasn't working in the holodeck and surely there should be a system for that. Yeah. Or it cuts off after your allotted time. He was sleeping. That was the problem. Yeah. When they, you would think that it would have awakened him. Yeah, the computer would know when your shift was, wouldn't it? Or your meeting. Or it just ends, and then Bev slaps not there anymore, and he falls on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the wake-up you need. True. We have the holodeck as therapy. Mm-hmm. So we have a session on there, which turned into a love scene. Yeah, well. We had him leaving real therapy to escape to the holodeck for a sleep on Bev's lap. So mm. going to the escapism aspect of it, because he was overwhelmed yeah. by the intimacy of real therapy. We have Troy insisting Riker doesn't suddenly delete the program because he needs to transition out of the protective fantasy, not have it ripped away from him. Right. And I think that sounded like a good piece of advice. Mm -hmm. And then we had therapy with Troy resulting in Barclay processing and ending with the hollow crew. Right, yeah. It seems that therapy with real Troy was part of how he got there. Yeah. Ready to transition back into the real world and to make relationships there. Real ones, yeah. You know, I was looking up VR therapy because that's something that's been around for a while. That uh, people with anxiety, social anxiety, and also phobias. Yeah. So they get some exposure, but in a sort of safe, detached way. Yeah. You know, it's like, so if you're afraid of spiders in the virtual reality, you can see spiders. And you could uh, incrementally ramp it up and have control over that. It's convincing because of the virtual reality aspect of it, where Mm -hmm. if you're just watching something on the television... It's not the same because mm-hmm. when you turn your head and you can see different things, then your mind starts to believe that it's real on yeah. some level, mm-hmm. a, a very emotional level as well. As a person who plays VR, it's so much more immersive. Thankfully, you know when to stop slash your poor <laughs> control has been broken for months. <laughs> Hopefully they'll fix it 
eventually. But, but it's like meditation for you in a way, isn't it? Yeah. I only play it for maybe 15, 20 minute bursts just because I'm busy. For well, me, it's... you've got other things in your life that you like as much or yeah. feel responsible to. Sure. Obviously, it's not the same because the holodeck you can touch and you can yeah. feel and smell and taste. Design it more yourself. Oh, yeah. And have a lot more control over what you're experiencing. I've never thought about ever making a person that I know in VR. Mm. <laughs> but maybe if that was something I had access to, I would do it. Mm. But I don't think so. Yeah. It would be interesting to use that for inner child work, say, going back and interacting with the person's parents mm. when they were a child or with their own younger self. Right. And see what conversations needed to needed to happen for therapeutic purposes. Wow. I can see how it would be useful for exposure therapy yeah for agoraphobia well, i bet there are other applications down the road that you know, could be quite intense if sure. they do find a way or want to recreate real people and in the episode it could have been a great place for him to practice social skills like presenting his ideas to the team and i think the problem with escapism and addiction in particular is when you come back to your real life you haven't done any work on addressing the problems right and due to the addiction making you unreliable or antisocial, your problems might be worse. Mm -hmm. If I sometimes work with people with addictions or compulsive behaviors, mm -hmm. it's very difficult for the therapy to work because they've escaped in between sessions. Nothing has changed. Right. Things have only got worse. Right. And the addiction is telling them, get rid of this therapist. She wants you to quit. Uh -huh. <laughs> Riker, of course, brought up that there should be rules about recreating other people in the holodeck. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see that in the future, but I totally yeah. agree that there should we had neurodivergence and mental health addressed, perhaps, yeah. in depth for mm -hmm. the first time. Yeah, yeah. Guinan is an advocate for people treated as the black sheep of the family, mm -hmm. for actually getting to know them and finding their strength. And shout out to writer Sally Caves, the pen name of Sarah Higley, for creating the character of Barclay and the concept of holodiction. In the video interview, we'll link to that in the notes, she said the holodeck inspired her skepticism when she was watching the earlier TNG because mm -hmm. it was too wholesome. Right. So she decided to write about a genius who was not well adjusted, as she said, who gradually started slipping into the holodeck because of his unhappiness. With Deep Space Nine, there are hollow suites at the bar and they are lascivious. Oh, yeah. sweet. You, sweet. Unfortunately, you don't really see anybody participating in them. They just talk about them. You at know, the like, bar. yeah. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Of course. Just hose that thing down after. <laughs> clear out the biofilters. <laughs> the producers initially told Caves that she'd written the entire story as a B plot. She needed to add an A plot which had a science element. So she kept coming up with boring or already done concepts right. from their point of view. Mm -hmm. On her last try, when she was completely fed up with the whole process, they did buy it. Couldn't help but compare it to that episode of Black Mirror that we covered recently. Yes, absolutely. The big difference between this and the Black Mirror is that those people in that simulation were self-aware yeah they were feeling it all as oh, though they were themselves yeah so nobody was really getting hurt in these yeah. in these things whereas in black mirror those people were suffering yes of course it was possible in this episode to still like barkley and root for him yeah whereas it wasn't in oh, black gosh, mirror. No. apparently some have seen this episode as a satire on the obsessiveness of star trek fans but director cliff bull said that wasn't intended and i didn't get that i didn't from get it that at all, all. no Michael Piller said Barclay was the closest character to himself in TNG so far because he had a rich fantasy life and he found real life more difficult. 
I was delightfully happy with the episode, said Pillar. We had the anti-grav platform, which apparently we've had before. But I feel I like we have. Maybe we have it. <laughs> don't remember it being pointed out as much before anyway. Mm. We had a substance, mystery substance, that was messing with everything. Mm. Something no longer used, which aliens still use. And so it had unknown effects on the ship. Right. And they were able through science and teamwork to come up with the solution. And then we also had bullying, whether it's still a nickname or a joke, if it's actually just hurtful or yeah, mean-spirited. Absolutely. A toxic workplace, really. Yeah. And Picard coming down on that, Data helping them to see that it was wrong as well, and Guinan advocating. Yeah. So for me, there was a lot to chew on, both sci-fi-wise mm -hmm. and relationally. So I'm going to give it a nine. Nine seems a bit high for me because it doesn't really blow my mind, but it's definitely interesting and there's a lot to chew on. So I'm going to give it an eight. Cool. Entertainment. I was engaged throughout. I cared about the characters and the danger to the ship. Mm -hmm. Great performance from Schultz playing the two selves of Barkley, the confident one he was able to be when he was in the holodeck. Mm -hmm. So different. We had the engineering mystery, which was well played out, I thought, as well as the interpersonal one. They wove those together well, yeah. for my liking, really well. pace-wise. I was interested in how they presented neurodivergence, social anxiety, low self-esteem, mm -hmm. maybe autism spectrum. Has he been seen in that light? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and all of that compounded by being disliked making him more anxious, more awkward around others, and more late. Mm -hmm. He was expected to screw up, so he did screw up. We had LaForge's frustration with what seemed like sloppiness and inconvenience and his ability to work as an effective team member and kind of causing him to be a bully. Yeah. And Picard's insistence that LaForge invest in Barclay to bring the best out of him, which turned out to work. I liked the holodeck recreations, very lush with <laughs> the scenery, and then you've got to love the musketeers in full-on costumes yeah. and pie-eating Wes and Tiny Riker, <laughs> like the fencing and the silly English accents and wigs, and then the real characters reacting to seeing their hollow selves it was right. okay. I mean, I wasn't rolling around on the floor or anything, no. but it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Frake said about the episode, that was a riot and the goddess of empathy, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> But I think the episode was a goddess of empathy in a way. I think it generated empathy. Yeah, I do too. It was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Achievement in, can you guess? Special effects? Hairstyle design. What? <laughs> Who's? Bev's? <laughs> Troy, I guess. I guess, yeah. She had some great hair in that one. I really liked the lighting in that. It was sort of lit like it was sunset. Mm, so everything kind of had an orange ethereal ethereal and that the shadows were sort of long mm. it was yeah it was really well done I, I like that stuff and it had a good name hollow pursuits yeah because it was hollow his escapism wasn't benefiting him yeah and you know holodeck I, so oh, well done i get oh, it oh right. right i didn't get it <laughs> I, get I didn't it. get it so i'm gonna give it another nine i really enjoyed this one uh, but maybe not as much as you did so i'm gonna give it an eight Okay. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what everyone else thinks of it. I've no idea whether this is a popular episode or whether people don't like it at oh, all. Oh, no, no, It's people just the middle of the road. No, no, people like it. Uh, sexiness. Fantasy Troy and Bev. Troy wasn't really any sexier than she normally is because she's already up to 11, isn't she? Yeah. But we had some costume changes <laughs> and Troy's original dress looked great, the blue one. Oh, uh, yeah. Bev always looks good too, so not really any more you can do with that. Mm -hmm. Guinan's outfit was amazing. Any jewel colour, she's in gold in yeah. this episode. It's really nice. Looks amazing. And those hats are so audacious. Off the wall, but they really work, don't they? She pulls it off. It's not sexy to have someone being replicated on the holodeck without their consent. 
and being used as a sexual fantasy, which yeah. I'm sure it was. So I'm just going to actually go below average and say two. Yeah, me too. Mm. I felt the same way. It, it just seemed a little inappropriate and squeeged me. Stupid experts. Who made those rubbish canisters? Oh, my God. One of one or two of them broke immediately. Yeah. And then gases were coming out of them. And, of course, there was no decontamination attempted with that. They just let them sit around for a while. Yeah. So that's stupid. Uh, it was an untraceable substance, I know, but you'd still decontaminate, wouldn't you? You'd yeah, you think. something. And then the ship's about to explode, killing everybody, but there's still time to fanny about looking for somebody on the holodeck, taking all of the essential <laughs> people with you. Wait, but that it wasn't quite at that point yet. Or things were going badly wrong anyway. Things were going bad, but they weren't, you know, stuck at warp nine. Yes, you're, yeah, you're right. But Barclay did have the solution, so it's a good job they did go in there mm -hmm. and wake him up. We did have a lot of expertise demonstrated, however, to counterbalance all of that. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, okay, I'll go 1.5. Your guesses? I said it'd be looking at gaming addiction or the fear of being influenced by gaming. Yeah, I think so. Sure. I said he'd be spending all his free time there playing as captain. Yes, he played as a powerful character. I said he'd be unable to take orders and work as a team in real life. Uh, he did find it difficult, but it wasn't because of his experience in the holodeck, other than the lateness. So, a bit. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I'd like to say thanks and welcome to two new patrons. Ooh. <laughs> welcome, Lieutenant Josh Whitaker. Welcome aboard. And Ensign Keith Allison. Aw, oh, Keith, welcome aboard. Thanks for joining us and thanks to all of you for your wonderful support. And if you've been listening to this on the free feed, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Rachel Watches Star Trek to see what rewards you can get and all the episodes you can have for $2 a month plus. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to Rachel Watches Star Trek. <laughs>